Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody, welcome to Movie Mavericks Podcast, episode 273, where the movie talk is not stuffy at all. I'm Trevor Anderson. I'm going to send you over to Jason Rugard. I think he's got a rundown for us. On today's episode, we have nine news items, ten movie reviews, and seven trailers. That is a lot of things going on on this episode. Let's get right to it and get into that box office ace game. Not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Let's play the HSX.com box office prediction game. No, no. Fuck HSX.com. We're playing the box office ace.com game. And someday I'll switch that, I swear. And if you're not playing this game yet, you're just an asshole because you've been listening to this for this long and you haven't gone over to Box Office Ace. So many people have gone over to HSX.com. And look for the Box Office Ace game. I'm the asshole. I'm sorry. You're an asshole. BoxOfficeAce.com. So, um, Did you beat me last week? Are you an asshole? Oh, God. Last week is all fucked up. No, I didn't. I think that, um, I mean, I think you beat me last week, right? Well, then I'm the asshole. Am I wrong? I mean, I, I... I think I killed um, one movie. I think I killed Insidious, and that was it. Spy, obviously, I was way off on because it did uh, low. Fairly off on that. But I think the, the most surprising is that Entourage started so quickly midweek and then tapered off How did very it only quickly. do 10.2 million? It's kind of sad. It's very sad. Um, does this struggle now to get 50 million? Most likely. And, Although, um, eh, but does it? I mean, it kind of makes sense. If it hadn't opened... I really don't know why I tried to get out of the why I guess in hindsight, right? There was no reason to get out of the way of Spy or Insidious Chapter 3, was there? But if you look at the total gross uh, through that weekend, you know, 17.6 million is decent, probably about what you would expect it to have done if it had opened on Friday rather than Wednesday, right? Yeah, so it did get out in front of the pack so, and claim the number one spot for its opening day. I think it did but, what it was supposed to do. Spy writing a wave of great reviews and uh, great word of mouth. Everything I've heard has been very, very positive. Why so uh, low then? Why why below $30 million? Uh, I think because there might be a little bit of fatigue with McCarthy uh, setting in at this point. Kind of uh, been there, done that factor. Um, sadly, though, this has gotten uh, great, great reviews. So I hope this isn't the one that's that, why, that that's kills why the goose. That's why it did $29 million. If it had gotten bad reviews, it would have done 40 Right, because Tammy did very well last summer. I mean, that that parlayed a, a twenty million, thirty million dollar opening to eighty million. Uh, so. so the big, the big, the big chomper out there is Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, this Jurassic is the weekend. World, excuse me, Jurassic World, which is coming out, um, well, technically today. You excited for this one? I am super excited. I'd like to see this. Oh. I, I just to hear that I John Williams wait. score on a big screen again. You know, and the speakers and I cannot. Oh, did my. he do the score for this? Uh, he better because they're reusing that theme quite I mean, a bit I in the trailers. I feel like he did. I, I think he did. And if not, someone the... else did the Star Wars score. I could be wrong. Or he did uh, Star Wars one, and someone else did this. No, he did this one. Yeah, Gaiachino, I think Michael Gaiachino is doing the, um, the, the Star, Star Wars. Wars one. Um, who's done very well with the Star Trek one? But this is so a poised awesome. for a big opening weekend. What um, a lot of uh, analysts are thinking is the third highest weekend of the year. I think. Uh, very much in that range with them. What'd you go for this one? What'd you, what do you think in this three days? I'm going to say 125. Well, I'm right in line with that. I'm going 127. Um, okay, is, we is have what I put in. as high as 150, um, which is ridiculous, right? I don't think so, I mean, no. Am I, am I wrong? You think that 150 is a possibility? I think if people were that excited about Furious 7 to propel that to nearly 150, I don't, there is a chance. I disagree because Chris Pratt did not die during the making of this movie. 
Yes, but there is a nostalgia factor that's kicked no, in with this. Eh, I, I don't think, but that nostalgia factor obviously is not part of Furious 7. Are you saying that there's no coolness factor? Well, there's a huge coolness factor in this. Are you, are you saying $125 million is not cool? <laughs> oh, hey, hey, that's, a, that's a cool 125, yeah. Look, um, I, I don't think that this is going to be any. I'm fast and Furious 7, which we'll talk a little bit about, um, as well, unless you want to just hit the news of that now. Yeah, we'll just jump into that now. Um, that is now um, chasing the Avengers for number three all time. For obvious chart. reasons, right? I mean, much for the, for the same reasons that, um, you know, ba- or the Dark Knight did what it did, right? Right, for the morbid curiosity factor? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the Dark Knight at least had a wonderful performance by Heath Ledger. Furious 7, I, you know, wish I could say the same for Paul Walker, but he's just not in it. Yeah, they're clearly covering up for something obvious there. Uh, but this movie now it has little competition in the way of big blockbuster fare in its wake. Uh, the Rock in San Andreas is done very well for itself, but is is falling off at a fifty percent ratio. Well, even so Jurassic World won't hit these numbers. This is it, it's it's monstrous. Uh, I think Jurassic World has a shot at a billion. I really do. Worldwide. Of course it does. But what's fast? What's Furious Seven at? 1.5 and even the there Avengers 2 is having a rough time catching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still 200 million behind. Which tells you something about how much of a fluke that Furious 7 is. Cuz there's no reason if Paul Walker hadn't died, would this movie be doing this? It's a good question to ask and the answer is you know, should be unanimously no. I agree. I think it's the truth. You know, it's just yeah, no. I agree. The movie that, would not be doing not this a, well. That's not a knock on Walker, who we were both fans of, or any of that kind I of stuff. I love Paul Walker. I love I Vin Diesel. I love the whole cast. The Rock. What you're yeah. saying is, when the, but, this happened with The Dark Knight, that in, that was a better film altogether. So it's understandable. And why at that, that point, we also had better. a different relationship between foreign and domestic. Still, you know, we still had a domestic. Um, percentage plus i guess i don't know what you would say you know it was it was more important domestic wise than than foreign right had the dark knight been released today and heath ledger had died then the foreign marketplace probably would have risen that to um you know two billion right yeah an astronomical level yeah just as it's doing now all right let's move on let's get less goss here at the if you haven't done so, go to Box Office Ace, get in this prediction game. Jurassic World out this weekend. Go out and see it so that my prediction comes true and not Trevor's. We need more people seeing it. <laughs> you only need a couple more people. Otherwise, you're going to be fucked. Don't talk them into a $150 million opening. If you guys make this $150 million opening, I will be pissed. <laughs> it's already doing great in China, though. That's what I'm hearing. All right, what do we got for the news here? Oh, I think this is an interesting one. After years of talk, Bad Boys 3 is uh, looking like it's going to be a go at Sony with Joe Carnahan doing a script rewrite and possibly uh, directing that piece. Uh, it would be the first one not directed by Michael Bay in the series, and they're hoping to woo Will Smith back after he completes Suicide Squad. Mm. Because that's that's the only way to get this movie made, right? It's to not have Michael Bay direct it. Is that the, is that the holdup, you think? that's why It's got to be, right? Because how many times have... Both Martin and Smith have said, okay, at some point in here in time. And it's always been kind of hinging on Michael Bay. Do, I mean, he's been playing with his robots for so long and then this and that and everything else. It doesn't seem like he's too interested in doing a third one. Which is a shame because uh, I hope that when they finally release this third one, we get the second one on Blu-ray. There I go, stumping again for the Bad Boys 2 no, 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 no. Blu-ray. I'm looking for a True Lies Bad Boys 2. <laughs> combo pack. <laughs> combo package. Yeah, nah. It's just Michael Bay, you know. At the same time, Disney the has pulled in the plug side. on Tron 3, which, uh, much to your chagrin, I imagine. Cause, uh, that makes sense to me, actually. I don't even understand how they greenlit it. I, I, in, in reality, was never really truly greenlit. It was speculative. No it was one wasn't really doing fun. anything on it, you know? And I don't think, also, it doesn't have any... Um, it has nothing to do with whether Tron 3 ever gets made, right? And Tron 2 has to do with that. This was killed because of Tomorrowland not doing so well. But um, when you're Disney and you have investors and you have stockholders and stuff, you have to slate your upcoming movies based on that, right? And so they can't have a Tron 3 on the table at this point because of that. You know, It has nothing to do with maybe they're going to make Tron 3, maybe they're not. They just can't have it on the table at this point. Hollywood Reporter had a great article this week on Disney's $140 million write-off on Tomorrowland and how it hasn't affected the stock prices because of things like... Uh, no, the stock it, prices are way up. Because of the Avengers and things I mean, like that really, it, it helped yeah, it. Um, 
But this is is a huge, they should be, but, yeah. huge write down for them, though. Hundred forty million dollar mm-hmm. loss on what is another original concept. So it's it's kind of a a bittersweet loss, I think, in, in a lot of ways, because uh, a lesson should be learned. But then again, you can't have original product being um, totally totally stopped. Well, when you have, I mean, this is something that they they warned about, right? Obviously, George Lucas Spielberg. We, we have we've been through the whole thing of these these big budget movies and them piling money on the money onto onto just an idea and nothing more. And Disney is probably the most um, at risk for this, you know, as far as, as most of the other studios go, because they're pushing uh, characters, they're pushing you know, ancillary stuff, things that they could make money on um, in theme parks and whatnot. So they're, they're really pushing ideas. Yeah, concepts uh, that We're turn into themes, that the turn into park theme parks. Yeah, and putting it into movies, you know, to push the theme parks. You know, they're really, they're, yeah, they're they're pushing that whole cynicism type, or I don't know what you call it. What is that called? Not synergy. Cynicism. Synergy. Yeah, that's exactly right. It could be cynicism though, in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, it is synergist for me. Mm-hmm. Well, the Equalizer is finally getting a sequel because I know everyone I was wait. clamoring for Original that. Really? coming back. Uh, yeah, and Fuqua, from what I'm hearing, who decided not to do The Olympus I mean, really, Has Fallen. I loved The Equalizer. Uh, sequel. That was uh, did a you? great film. Uh, we I, talked yeah, about it already. I know, but I, I didn't know you were you, you thought, loved it so much that you want a sequel. You want to spend the two hours Absolutely. of that world? Yeah. Absolutely. I thought it was a great world. I thought um, Denzel was great in it. Um, yeah, I was kind of blown away by it. And if they do another one, then I'm fine with that. It's not a movie... That's big, right? Obviously, it's a small movie, but I love those kinds of, of, of small detective type movies. And he's kind of a detective in a lot of ways. And way. he's, he's a way. very mannered character, too, in a lot yes, of ways. Exactly. He plays it. Um, and I loved that about it. But I just thought that it was a good one off. I didn't think that it was sequel ready for. Um, but then again, it's based on a television okay, show. So but I you, guess. I mean, for someone talking about, yeah, I mean, you want to see um, whatever the mechanic to. I mean. That's true. So, uh, it's, it's almost the exact same thing, really. Small pleasures. Hey, but the Equalizer is a lot more intelligent than the Mechanic. It was. I don't know about the Mechanic. The mechanic 2 looks pretty good. So, um, Kingsman is getting a sequel, though. This is I welcome but with no, open no, arms. Or maybe a surprise. I would say no surprise, but maybe a surprise, right? Because of because of the box office success, success or success, I don't know, whatever you want to say, of uh, the first one, right? I mean, I mean, $400 million worldwide of, is, is it was huge. surprising. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, well-deserved because I really, uh, I gave it a four-star review. I loved this movie. One of my favorite of the year so far. I haven't seen it yet, but I uh, did see. Kick-ass. It really is. And I don't I mean that just as a reference to Matthew Vaughn's other movie, but this is just great. Yeah, Matthew Vaughn's great. But I did, I did finally see a trailer for it that actually explained it. Uh, I, I, you Which know, I, I thought was too too little too late, really, because all the trailers I saw going up to that were didn't explain the story, and it's not until the DVD that I get the trailers that explain what the hell's going on. And I thought the story was so was not part of even the the point. It's just the kind of oh, really? the humor fun. of it, the style of it. Sure, it's triple X basically, which but, is what Matthew Vaughn kind of does, you know. Yeah, he, he spins about things. it. Yeah, creates a world that you like to look at. We got a slew of remakes coming at us too here in the oh, God. coming no. years. Um, you know they're they? gonna remake Sister Act. Can you believe this? You know what? I'm okay with that as long so as am they, I. as long as they put Whoopi Goldberg back in it. I, fuck that. I, She's she available. Be, she has to be the mother nun at this point, right? <laughs> she got to be the mother hen. You know um, what? I I loved Sister Act when it when it came out. Um, loved. I saw it a lot. Just I because. Never loved it. Well, like, you know. So there you go. So you did. So you did. You did. But it was like, like it. it was always on at people's houses. Back I liked in the day. Whoopi Goldberg only because I really loved Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yeah, there's a reference for you. That's like saying you like Burglar. I mean, wow. <laughs> no, it's not. It's nothing like Burglar. Jumpin' Jack. Her and Jumpin' Jack Flash is awesome. It's a it's a wonderful idea. You're laughing. I don't at think Whoopi Goldberg like Jumpin' Jack Flash. She's an idiot. Then I, Jumpin' Jack Flash is, is is awesome, and it would be a great uh, movie to remake. I think taking the, I mean, it doesn't have to be her. I, the idea of the movie Holy is great. Is what, what I would say would be great. Is that the movie where she's in the phone booth and she's yes. dressed? I'm a little black woman <laughs> in a big white box. I remember that from the trailer as a kid. I'm not. I'm not it. saying necessarily. <laughs> The movie is so amazing, but the idea of it—I love the—I love oh. Jump Jack Flash. I, w- I would love to to have that remade. You know, it's kind of like Spy, I guess. Really, you know, Miss, Mac- Miss McCarthy making Spy. Yeah, it's like you know that basically. 
<laughs> right, you threw me off my whole game with that one. <laughs> you screwed me all up there. Keep going. I, I could do Whoopi Goldberg all day. What's the T-Rex one? I love that one. Oh, remember? Have a Fatal Beauty. I mean, where oh, you got on that one, huh? Fuck that. <clears throat> the one with the dinosaur is the best one. What is that oh, one called? Man. Isn't it Tyrannosaurus Rex? <clears throat> is it the T-Rex one? Is that what it's called? It's something Rex. It's something, it's <clears throat> it terrible. is something Rex. It's terrible. Have a Karina Karina. I mean, we can go do this all day. <laughs> we all go back and forth. Yeah. I love Whoopi. I'm sure we make Whoopi all day long. Um, but Eddie was, I think, the low point in everyone's life. So we'll just leave it at that. But Dwayne Johnson, who's having incredible success this year, is bound to have more success here because he wants to redo, remake, reproduce, whatever you want to call it, Big Trouble in Little China. He wants to, as if he's the deciding factor in this. Exactly. And this is a Fox decision, and Fox is keen on him right now, and uh, he's keen on this movie, so he pitched it he as a great... He wants he um, wants Carpenter to come back, but I think the chances are low of that. I think it's a good idea because Johnson could pull off, obviously, the smart Alex stuff, but the idea behind Big Trouble eh, was that he's not, not really, the hero. Not really like Kurt Russell. No, well, come on. <laughs> Kurt Russell's doing a John Wayne impersonation, I mean, no. which is great. I, I don't up. think he's a Kurt Russell yeah, at all. He's no Kurt Russell. He may be able to bench press a Buick, but he is Well, the no original, I mean, let's be honest, the original just kind of fell into place. You know, all elements fell into place, right? And, they, and it was perfect in a way, the way that everything came together. I don't think they're going to be able to recreate that. If you ever listen to the running commentary on the DVD for Big Trouble in Little China, it's a classic conversation between Russell and Carpenter. And they speculate on the whole Fox marketing of this. And their ad campaign was, who is Jack Burton? <laughs> and John Carpenter says he was watching television one day and this trailer comes on and says, who is Jack Burton? And he even said, who gives a shit? And he knew his movie, <laughs> he knew his movie was bombed at that point. You know, so He was the guy that made it. All right, so let's move on and talk about <laughs> Clint Eastwood, who is going to make a movie about the miracle on the Hudson landing. This is uh, Captain Sully mm, Sullenberg. Fuck this. And, uh, you're not you're not with this? No, this sounds dumb. I don't want to watch this movie. I'd watch it just because this guy drinks at my bar. You know what? Fuck Sully. He's not anything great. Oh, I mean, I didn't I, they I, already? I, I mean, isn't Flight already this? Flight is very similar, and I'll tell you what. It is this. This guy never has to pay for a drink ever again. That's true. And it's That's a real true. line. I've seen eh, that. It's no, bullshit, though. He, he denies every single one of them. I'll tell you that. No, but give I've it, give it time. It. Give it time. No one will know who the fuck he is. Oh, this guy's a fucking uh, hero. Are you guaranteed. kidding me? This guy saved lives, man. Oh, give I it time. With you on this. He will not be offered drinks. I think this is reactionary, Unless though, because of American Sniper. Like, this is me. Oh, you think they're making this movie because of that? I think Eastwood's I interested in American hero stories. Or what he's viewing. Sure, as to a point, but stories. you know what? I'm I'm going to disagree with that. That the, I that this is being greenlit, or this is being pushed because of American Sniper. This has no chance of making American Sniper money. I didn't say money wise. I'm just saying in the same vein of uh, that kind. Of <coughs> but he has, to be fair, he could probably be like, I want to make the Ron Jeremy story, and they'd fucking let him do it right at this point. On that I mean, right I mean, now. <laughs> I'm dead serious. We can crowdfund that right now. I mean, Warner Brothers Big Dicks. is basically going to do whatever he wants, right? Because he's earned it. How many movies he got in him? I mean, this guy's my inspiration already. He's going to be directing until he's 112. Well, I'm, when do you ever not have a movie in you? <laughs> I have movies in me all day. That's I, true. I'm, you know, literally, you know, fucked by movies all the time. They're inside me. Well, I don't want to fuck just, this over. They're just, they're just there. You know that they're releasing Terminator on the big screen again? Did you hear this? Of course uh, you heard. Yes, of course. I told you. Um, yeah, that's my lead in. like that? <laughs> <laughs> you step in, I'm fetching. Uh, I'm going to go see this on Wednesday. I encourage anyone out there who's got a part of the cinema series or a theater that has so access to this. Two days, right? 17th and then Yeah, on the, on the, the 14th and the 17th at 2 o'clock. Wednesday and, and Saturday or something? Like that? Uh, Sunday and Wednesday. Sunday and um, Wednesday. Sunday and Wednesday of this coming week, uh, the 17th and the 14th of June. And these are, are showing the Terminator. Cinemark-owned theaters, so Cinemark uh, Century. This is a great, because I've been complaining that they don't else. do enough more uh, recent mm -hmm. films, and they're doing Spaceballs, they're doing Gremlins, of course they're doing Jaws, which mm. I think Jaws warrants a, a big screen. But Jaws screen. is for the 40th anniversary, so. Correct. I, I, what do you think it about that? You think that plays well in the big screen still? Oh, fuck yeah, Jaws is a masterpiece. It is absolute masterpiece. I mean, I mean, yes, Jaws plays well anywhere, anytime, 
um, you know, of the day. It's it's one of those movies that is just uh, just a true masterpiece. You know, as in school, uh, in film school, when you and I were in there, uh, they would reference that movie as often as Citizen Kane or Psycho uh, for just shots good. I'm, or editing or whatever, what may have you. So that is an absolute classic. I mean, if you want to get real nerdy, then Duel would be, um, you know, obviously even right right in there with, with – um, Jaws, and I would recommend I, Duel, which is awesome. I, I'm a big Sugarland Express fan. I don't know why. <laughs> Good movie as well, but often forgotten. Off forgotten. Spielberg flick, yeah. Uh, the one I can never get through. Actually, there's two Spielberg movies. With the color I, purple. <laughs> no, I can I can watch the color pur- pur- purple and even purple. Empire you can, can't say it, but you can. Uh, that's your girl Whoopi. I got I got stuck on th- <laughs> I, that jumping jack flash is still fucking with me, man. I'm telling you. Um, oh, no, oh, the bro. two I can never get through anymore are Hook in 1941. I, sw- I cannot get 1941 is rough. Hook is just as bad. Really? No, I've seen Hook recently. It's not oh, that bad. That first 45 minutes is deadly. It's deadly. Yeah, but nothing beats Jurassic Park, man. Uh, oh, I, there's a lot to beat. I mean, I agree, but Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a goddamn thrill ride, too. That's so, great, I mean, too. Great Spielberg stuff. We'll be like, talking about a Spielberg. Like Jurassic Park better. His new film with Tom Hanks later on in the show in the trailer part. But uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with some reviews of some of the latest movies out and on DVD. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Check out the Blueprint Review podcast at blueprintreview.co.uk. This could be interesting because I know we've got some very diverse people. I'm going to be arguing with Darren a lot. Like, I think it's going to be me v you lot with Baby Lauren yeah. sat in the middle. Uh, well, to be honest, I think it's about expectation. Yeah. Like, I think. Yeah, I expected it to be. <laughs> is it fair that they have English accents? I feel like they have more authority because Doesn't they it, have it English makes accents. Them, yeah, we should. We should start doing with English accents. Sponsored by The Cure. I feel like. Hey so. there. Jesus. I really love Jurassic Park. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about San Andreas quickly here. I saw that this week, and um, I gave it a positive review on the site. Are we on brief- reviews? What are you talking uh, about San Andreas? It, yeah, yeah. The is new, this news uh, or reviews? Uh, this is reviews. <laughs> okay. We already did news. Where, where, where have you been? I don't know. I thought you were already talking about I'm so used. I, I think I read the review. Yeah, I think you did, and we got Which ahead. Is of why it. I think I, I think I heard it. Okay, I was just going to give it a review because of uh, the fact that it's it's dumb fun for the summer, and um, this is the kind of movies that play well during the summertime. It, it's popcorn flicks, it, commercialism mm-hmm. at its its Hollywood's finest. It's really slickly produced, and The Rock is engaging, and it's smarter than it needs to be. In and Carla Gugino's hot. Uh, Carla Cugino has always been hot. Is it just? I said that as I walked out of the movie theater. She gets hotter and hotter as she as ages. She Everyone does nowadays. I, I can't explain it. It's, it's inexplicable. But I'm not playing with you. Though. She's been banging for say. days. I know. I know. Sin City. I mean, go even beyond that. I mean, even her dealing entourage. I can go on and on. I love this girl. I want to. I want to know. We should do a podcast about undercover hot shit. Her, Runamara. <laughs> uh, who, who's uh, a couple yeah, other Rudy ones? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch like that. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up as well. But hey, San Andreas and the Strength of Carla Gugino. There you go. See it. <laughs> What'd you see? Wow. I don't know. I have to look up the thing. Oh, here it is. I saw Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Which I gave a, which a you minor. you say two and a half stars, I believe yeah. you gave two. And said thumbs down, possibly? Yeah, I was on the fence, but I went thumbs down ultimately. I'll give you, I'll meet your two and a half stars, but I'll give it a, a thumbs up. Yeah, okay. So you were right because there on the fence, but you went up. It's not a very good movie, but I did find it funny. But it makes you <laughs> laugh, the damn thing, right? I did find it funny, and in the end... I felt good when it ended, so I thought, all right. You know, I didn't earn its good feeling ending, but it, it still made me feel good. So I, I do give it a thumbs up, but still only two and a half stars. Really, it's not. a mess of a movie, correct? It is, but I don't, I don't know that it's out of place for a, a movie titled Hot Tub Time Machine Two. Th- that's what so. I'm saying. <laughs> I thought the way that they threw one-liners and insults at one another was the highlight of the movie, in the way that they were merciless. I liked the- how they deal- dealt with time, though. In this, I, they dealt with time a lot better than a lot of time traveling movies that are serious. So, 
I I, they that. did explain it. They were like in the future, in the past. And they made it kind of funny, you know, and they did. And everything made sense. So I got to hand him that at least. You didn't think the Adam Scott character was a little much? Uh, no, no more much than the Rob Corder character. Well, I mean, Lugal is my Jesus man. Christ. I mean, <laughs> They're I like... all ridiculous characters. Um, but the movie centers around his penis, does it not? I mean, really. <laughs> uh, to a point. I mean, th- they do get off that. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I mean, the Robinson stuff with him singing is hysterical. Uh, the, I thought the reality show w- was in that bad was taste at first, too. but then it made me laugh that out loud. That was so funny. Yeah, it really did. There were parts of it that were funny. Even when they drained his balls, I thought that was <laughs> I know, I couldn't, I'm telling you. You know, it was just you moment should, after moment with laughing, but it's not a very good movie. So. But I, ha- I ultimately gave it thumbs down for that. You ultimately went thumbs up for it. So I, I think mean, it's this- a thumbs up because I think it's worth watching um, and then just, you know, stomping on the disc uh, later. But yeah. still – it, it, it's, I found it's not it the worthwhile. Not the worst thing in the world, that's for sure. I saw Love and Mercy just recently, which is the it's Brian this. Wilson story. This stars John Cusack and Paul Dano. This is the Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. His um, life, it shows him as a 19-year-old man when he's making his creative breakthrough on the Pet Sounds Beach Boys album. And then and it's about his 40-year-old man when he's doing his uh, personal breakthrough with a relationship. And Elizabeth yeah, Banks is in this as well. And she really is um, kind of amazing. Art- uh, she's fantastic. She's good in this? She, yeah, she's, she's good she, in everything. I mean, I was <laughs> surprised because I haven't seen her in a lot of dramatic work, but she hinted oh, at so it good. in Zach and Miri, um, mm-hmm. the tenderness there, and she brings that to this role. Her and Cusack are fantastic together. She does at least Golden Globe worthy work here, as does Cusack, and Dano is, is full on Oscar worthy. The movie is great. I was mesmerized by it. I honestly saw this because it was so fucking hot the other day here. I had to go get some air conditioning. So and I his stepped story into this and was mesmerized. It was interesting enough to warrant a movie. Absolutely. It, I say this is as good as any other musical biopic that I've mm-hmm. seen recently, and much better than that really shitty but Jimi Hendrix fair, one. I was going to say, what what bio, music biopics have you seen recently? I liked Jersey Boys last summer. No oh, one else Jesus seemed to. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the James Brown one was okay, but not yeah. as good as this. This, this is fantastic. I highly recommend this. Well, this Four stars. Good, so. All right. One of the best of the year so far. Cool. Uh, so you, saw, <laughs> you saw Taken, huh? I've seen, yeah, I've seen Taken, Taken 2, and I've recently seen Taken 3. And I got to be honest, it's fucking bad. Is it getting worse as they go along? I thought they were getting better. You know, the first one was okay. Oh, I love that. But I have problems with it. Eh, It's really not that great of a fucking movie. The second one I thought was, was a little bit better. This movie is fucking horrendous. I mean, this thing is just an excuse to make a movie. He does everything just because it happens in other action movies. You know, he gets framed for something and then beats the cops up when they come to arrest him and runs. And you think, why? Why are you running from the cops? They're trying to figure it out, too. They don't know that you're good or bad. You could explain to them what is happening, right? And Forrest Whitaker is trying to figure it out. He is the cop. And he's like, I'm running. Then Forrest Whitaker shows up and he's like, he beat you all up, but he didn't kill any of you. Oh, he must be a good guy. It's shit like that. You're just like, what the fuck is the point of this? I'm not a 12-year-old watching a fucking movie here. I'm I'm an adult. You can make a movie for an adult. And it can be smart. Well, this sounds and like it was terrible. I'm that is not taken three. No, it's the whole fucking movie's like that. I never um, saw the second that, one. Not only that, but I really like the second one, but... um. The trailer for Taken 3, I thought, we both thought it looked like an action movie. And that shit's not in here. It's not an action movie. He runs around and does nothing the whole time. Uh, and, they major kill, and they kill a character that you're just like, why? There was no reason to even kill this person other than to create some shitty plot twist that is just you know, blatant from the, be- from the beginning. It's, it's just a bad movie. You should see Run All Night, which was the other Liam Neeson movie that's uh, be coming out soon on, on home I video. I will. Is so. that – are you trying to I, tell me that's similar or <laughs> – No, I'm just saying I wonder if that was harmed from the, in the box office because of Taken, which did very well for – This did really well. I'm surprised. It's um, really – But, it's but really I've never heard anyone though. say anything good about it, so. Check out Run All Night and see, uh, see if you think that's a little bit better. You saw The Judge recently, which I gave a good review last year. I put it on one of my 10 best of last year. I really liked The Judge. Where do you stand on this one? It's okay. I, the Judge, to me, is is doesn't know what it is. Is it a family drama? Is it a courtroom drama? 
I still, I still don't know, you know, and it's so fucking long. Um, there's so much shit could be cut from this and it could be much better. I did personally, I would have loved to have this have been the courtroom drama. Um, because I felt like that was the most, it's that compelling. Worked, worked the most, but it really didn't get enough things. I will say the scene, I mean, the, the best scene in this hands down is him and his dad in the bathroom. Oh yeah. That's real life stuff. Um, which you know, is you, just, yeah, it's hard when they start laughing at the end. Oh my mm. God. It's, it's yeah. That's one of those things where you just think, wow, that's, that's a, a wonderful scene. I think um, Billy Bob was Thornton does great work in this movie too, as a sleazeball. He, as uh, what? Prostitute. As showing up and kind of giving dirty looks to them. I mean, really, they don't give him enough to do. That's my point with this movie: is it, there's, it's too sprawling and it's so unfocused, you know, on, on what it wants to be, you know. And really, I mean, you, you're at a, you're kind of at at a detriment at this point in in hiring Robert Downey Jr. because. Are you, are you hiring Robert Downey Jr. or are you hiring Tony Stark at this point? Yeah, he is getting too smart you know, for his own good. He just it, is Tony Stark at this point. That's it. That's all he is. I There was nothing more in this movie other than that. Well, Johnny Depp at least will change roles uh, or characters, personas, and, and Granted, he's not – Sure, and I also – He's not doing that. I mean, what do you – I hate like the, the Vera Farmiga stuff in this. Uh, which I love her, but I hate the idea that he shows up and then – uh, you know, it's a, why does, why does he have to be divorcing his wife? And why is there this extra drama placed on this that doesn't need to be there? That's all he, extraneous. Then he goes back there and then he, yeah, finds his old girlfriend and then, you know, makes out with, you know, whoever, whatever. I don't want to ruin it for people. That, it's like, that it's right like, there, why though, is one, that, wait, though? What you just touched on is the major miscalculation in this movie. The reveal of who that person is that he made out with. And then, but it's so the, inconsequential. Exactly. Why is that? That should have been cut. I even said that in my review. That all should have been cut from the movie. But I thought the courtroom stuff was compelling enough to warrant a recommendation. Good. I thought that that did Vol and him have two or three, including that bathroom scene, which is the best scene in the movie. There's another oh scene where they're in the ba- in a kitchen and he's talking about how he never went to his graduation. I think that works mm-hmm. tremendously well. The I will say the last, great. the very last scene on the boat is too fucking precious. I hate that scene yes. with a bit of honey when the father passes just beautifully yeah. I hate to warn, warn that but it's coming from a mile away I just thought that was too precious for its own good but yeah. I liked so much of it up to that including the I'm a sucker for father son movies I mean I always have been so that, that kind of I should say that at the top of this but that was already leading me into liking this but I, I agree with you and everything you're saying I can't defend it too much but you know, you've said a lot of valid points about the movie but I think the major miscalculation is it's that just, whole side plot with Vera Flaminga yeah, it's too. Um, it's I too love. much. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's great. And, you know, Leighton Meester's great as her daughter. Um, obviously, I think you know Dax Shepard's great. I think he's underutilized. In he's under. Uh, he's great in this movie, but he should be he's in more movies. This this I love him. He's really good. Um, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's in this. He's really good. Um, but they don't use him really to any degree either. But yeah, the the scene. This movie's worth watching just to get to. If not, I mean, just I don't even know how you would find it, but just you know. Fast forward to the scene with him and his dad in the bathroom because it's it's one of those scenes that should be dissected in film school. You know, it's just it's like, wow, build the tension and then break it. It's so real. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone's cared for anyone going through that disease, um, you see the realism in that scene in a lot of ways. So it's it's a heartbreaking. But uh, let's move on and talk about Walter. What is Walter? Is this the one with the guy with the bag over his head? Michael Fassbender? (laughs) No, the bag over his head. What is this? Uh, Walter is about a, a guy who works at a uh, movie theater who is a ticket taker, and he believes he is the son of God, and he's yes, on yes. earth to decide the fate, you know, whether you go to heaven or hell right, for right. everyone that, that, he, uh, that he meets. I wanted to see this. How was this? Oh, it's a wonderful premise. It is a shitty movie. Oh, man. That's and disastrous. it falls. Yeah. The problem with this movie is that like most um independent films it tries to be emotional rather than interesting you know and oh god so I'm what happens is the up. premise I'm i just told you the premise right sounds great yeah that's not what this movie is this movie's about a dude who lost his dad he's fucked up in the head and that's what the movie's about uh so it tries to be emotional and it tries to to open this world his world up to you through these things and it's just it's like why 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 use the premise at all you know why not just it's just 
it's a movie that you sold on a great idea that is just like every other fucking indie film. You know, I don't need another movie about someone, you know, having or losing someone in their life or having some emotional moment that that makes them create a, a fictional world. I'm, I'm just. Oh, well, let's. Can I stop your fucking point? When sure. I saw Love and Mercy, I saw three trailers in a row that were these indie darling. Just, I mean, and I have no problem with independent films. But I when it's the shit like, like you just described, but you I don't mean, want the Earl and the Dying right? Girl is one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Diary of a Teenage Girl is another one of them. Uh, Learning to Drive is another one of them. And I'm just watching this and I'm like, this is the same preachy, didactic bullshit oh, that nobody exactly. outside the festival circuit gives a fuck about. I mean, this is the kind of shit they don't even care where people will say about the Oscars. Circuit. Oh, those are movies that nobody even watches. Because it's it's like this is the kind of film school drivel that you you don't have to see just because it's stamped important and it thinks it's important. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I hate that shit. I don't. Like I love independent film where they come up with a, a great idea and then it's all in someone's head. That's a cheat. You know, it's such a yeah. It's not you're not really pulling the rug out from under me. I got I like I figured this movie out two seconds into it. I thought, oh Jesus Christ, they, they don't even try to hide it. It's really just, yeah, it's not good, you know, and it could be great. What if he was the son of God? What if he was really trying to figure this shit out? What? And then how would he deal with that? Okay, that, that sounds like a great movie to me. But just taking it and making it some base thing, I don't know. Very few people uh, uh, can can do that, in my opinion. Um you're saying great concept, Who bad is, execution, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I mean, there have been obviously people, um, you know, Charlie Kaufman is wonderful at doing this, at taking a very basic idea. and But he doesn't fuck the world up, you know, around it when he does that. He, he builds the world out. He doesn't tear it down by saying, oh, it's just this basic thing. He never says that to you. He lets you figure it out, you know. So and this just tears it down. It basically says, "Oh well, he's crazy." But you watched no Ouija, good. which I think is crazy. How do you think about that? <laughs> I like that it's it's called Ouija with a W. Yeah, right. Ouija. This is about a this is about a bum that Ouija's people's. I thought it was about a squeegee. I thought you were cleaning windows yeah, professionally. Yeah, he does the windows at the gas station, right? No. Or Miji. I thought maybe some sushi rolls. This is Ouija. This movie got horrible reviews. It did very well um, at the box office, though, for getting such shitty reviews. It did, but it got horrible reviews, and they are warranted because this is fucking horrendous. Is it really? Is it drivel? It's so bad. It's PG-13 drivel, too. It's just your basic, you know, there's a Ouija board. They use it. Some, scary dies. noises on the soundtrack. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. It's bad. It's not even scary at all. Excuse me. In any way whatsoever. Half stick over here. But, yeah. Scary wannabe jumps, this and that, but you know, some I don't know, it's just it's not good. Yeah, this like less I don't talk even want to that, explain it. I mean, if yeah, don't even I don't even want to fuck. I never want to see this movie. I have no. Ex- <laughs> we'll just move it on. It tries because I'd rather know yeah. what's going on with the Inbetweeners Part Two because I oh, love. Have you seen one. this? I know. I'm dying to see this. Is this good? They go to Australia. It's not as good as it's probably the worst of the Inbetweeners, but it's, uh. I still thought it was good. It's worth watching still. And this is an English show about these kids try- who are always constantly trying to screw. They're like horny teenagers in English, but um, they're funny right. shit. And it's on Netflix. They did a movie and it's the sequel. If you haven't seen the show yet or the first movie, definitely watch it. The first movie's um, good. It's worth it so much. The, this movie, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say Hangover 2 to you. Mm. And that's what this feels like. They beat the shit out of these characters in this movie, which they do in all the movies, but they, they redeem them. In all the movies, in the first movie and in the show, right? They, they don't the build shit them back them, up, yeah. But they redeem them in this movie. Um, I mean, they really uh, they do some nasty shit to them. It's funny, but it's also unredeeming. Just mean spirited really, in a way, a bit, you know, because it it rehashes a lot of the old things that they've done to these characters, and then leaves them just out just out to, to dry you know just nothing you know and, and still i mean i get the point they still have each other in the end you know which is kind of they're so fucked up the only people that are ever going to get along with these four fucking idiots well, is going to be each other you know 
Um, but at the same time, you know, it's rough to see characters just have the shit kicked out of them and then be no better off than they were to begin with. Actually, worse off. You know? I think you, Hangover Part 2 is an adequate description. That's there. exactly, That's exactly what, what, I, what I thought of when, when, when I watched this. I thought, oh, if Jason saw this, he'd be like, this is like Hangover 2. Which is why I hated so, Hangover 2. You know? Yeah, so. so I don't, but I still liked it because um, it's it's these characters still. I like these characters. But it could have been better. If they do make it in between his three, I hope they do something more like along the lines of the first movie. Uh, but you know, if you like these characters, I encourage anyone to watch this show. The show is great, um, or, or the the movies as well. I, it's just it's one of the few things that, that that comes out of you know straight out of Britain that you don't need. You you eat, I think everyone would relate to this. You don't need uh, to remake this. You know, you don't need an American version of the Inbetweeners. What about the you box trolls? This was a uh, one of two claymation or animation type of. Adventures of a Book of Life and Box Trolls were released very close together and did well, about Book the same of box office wise. CGI. Oh, was it CGI? Okay. This is claymation or in a, stop motion? This is stop motion, um, possibly the last, you know, for a while. Um, released by Focus. Um, How's it look? Well, it looks great. I mean, stop motion is amazing. Isn't it? Um, yeah. Even the Coraline stuff, all that stuff is very, very nice to watch. The issue with this is that at time, well, an issue, you know, I'll nitpick because I have the eye to do this, but there were moments when you realized, oh, this is running at half the frame rate. This is sped up here. This is, you know, we've run out of money. Yeah. A little cut in corners here um, and there. Which happened on this movie, as far as I understand it. But what about story-wise? Uh, for wise? the most part, really good. The story is actually pretty decent for one of these. Um, it's okay. You know, I don't particularly... My problem with the stop-motion things is that the stories are very foreign. And they just don't... They're not Pixar story. You know, the reason Pixar and Disney has been doing so well is because they're, I, their stories are just better. You know, and this is a very weird story. I will say... This is maybe one of the last times I'm ever going to say this, but Ben Kingsley is fucking awesome in this. Really? Just hands down. As as the bad guy, as Archibald Snatcher. Um, I love that I, name, Archibald not, Snatcher? Archibald Bro, that's Snatcher. My new, it's the best that is fucking my new character message board I've seen in a long time. If you, you ever get beef with anybody on the internet <laughs> and his name's Archibald Snatcher, you know it's It'll this man him. right here. You won't even recognize it's Ben Kingsley. It's that good. Wow. Yeah, it's hands down one of the best performances, uh, voice wise that I've I've heard in a long time. Better than when he was uh, the Mandarin in yeah. Iron Man Three. Yeah, better. Yeah, Re- better truly, I, it's truly amazing. You, you might not even rec- I didn't recognize it. I had to see it and thought, wow, that is that's a really wonderful performance. Fortunately, it's in the box trolls and not in, you know, something. Something worth it. It'd be widely seen yeah. Pixar movie. Yeah. Like Despicable Me 3 or something like that. Right. Or Prince of Persia. I don't know. Oof. So, oh, God. I <laughs> forgot that even existed. Did you have to bring that one back up? It's been years. It's been years. Just swallow it down. If it, a little bit of throat comes up in your mouth, just swallow it back down. Oh, I almost threw up watching this movie. <laughs> Let me talk real quick about my streaming online pick of the week this week. It's on oh, Netflix God. streaming. Valhalla Rising. You ever watch this? Why did Valhalla you pick Rising? it if you almost threw up? Because it's so freaking mesmerizing, I couldn't stop watching. This is a I've Nicholas Winding Refn movie, the guy who did uh, oh. Drive and, and sure. Boy Gives. And it's a, it's a Viking movie told in six parts. stars Mad Mickelson, who played the villain in Casino Royale. He's on Hannibal on the television show. And he is a Viking who is a mute, deaf Viking who is an absolute fucking savage. And this is the closest thing I've ever seen to, A, the original Conan, but really it's wow. Conan influenced by Jordowski's El Topo. Um, you'll see a lot of, um, um. Lot of Jordowski <laughs> elements. I mean, uh, rest in peace, our late friend Jerry would have loved this movie to... beyond belief. It's the most violent disturbing Viking film you'll ever seen. And for whatever reason, I was really turned off by Only God Forgives. And everything that doesn't work in that movie works in this movie because they're Vikings and it works for the time period. When people are, they're, they're in the highlands of Scotland, I should say, so they're not technically Vikings, but they believe in the Norse gods and those Christians coming in. And it's, it's, just, it's mesmerizing. I'm telling you, I highly recommend anyone to watch Valhalla Rising on streaming. Mm. 
That's fairly it, old. It's too, isn't bizarre. It? Yeah, I know. I'm glad I stumbled into it. It's absolutely bizarre. <laughs> it messed around. Stumble into it. You got a pick for uh, for the week? You recommend anything on uh, streaming? Uh, I don't know. I um I already said zombies. I don't know. Laggies is on uh, Amazon now. You like that one quite a bit, I huh? Seen that one. That was very good. Um, I don't know. I mean, watch Holt and Catch Fire, people. If you haven't fucking seen that, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, Holt and Catch Fire is the show to watch right now. Any original birth of the computer, watch it. Yeah. Let's go into the trailer addict. Oh, let me. I've lost the thing. I found it. Touch the captain just once, right? Yes. Trailers can be wondrous things, giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert. Prepare for trailer addict. You know, you, you we rub the captain's head for good luck. I engage. <laughs> That's what he says every time. Engage and turn him down. All right, so today's show, we have a <laughs> slew of trailers. We have Everest right at the top. <coughs> Trailer to me is uh, the must. best looking. I, I can't wait to see this movie. This looks like a sensory experience in every sense of the word, and um, well, I want to see this badly. I'm just excited in general about our trailers this uh, this time around, and yeah, I really want to see this. This looks great. Um, great use of sound design. We had trailer. talked about, you know, K2. Um, great fucking I don't know, movie. off the air, obviously, but this is... I this could be the new K two. Could this rival K two? The terrible. I don't think so because <laughs> it doesn't look as as silly and stupid as K two, or which as is good half as the love as really as K. Oh, vertical limit right. fucking sucks. That it does. Let me compare that shit to this. But I mean, K two half the fun is that you know those those characters, which are just horrendous. Um, you know, it was a play to be fair that they made into a movie. Uh, and have but a, a good movie. About, yeah, exactly. It is a good movie. But um, 150 minutes. 100, 150 minutes. Oh, wow. Is it really? I does, didn't that, know that. does that hurt you at all? Yeah. See, that's, um, that's the not, thing. not if it's as intense as this looks but because Everest. that time might fly. Uh, I don't know. There's, not, there's nothing to do. You climb the mountain. You go to base camp. I don't, I don't know what the fuck else you do. 150 minutes. What do you do? You're on Everest. I don't. I don't actually want to... You know, live on take Everest. The, I don't. I don't need the the week long fucking track. <laughs> Get yourself a Sherpa. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, I'm, the trailer. I'm all in on this one. Trailer looks amazing. Uh, I think all, I think most of the trailers on today's show, to be honest with you, I, I can't wait to talk them, about yeah. this next one as well. The Martian, the new Ridley <gasps> Scott film with it looks Matt so Damon, good. Um, as an astronaut who's left behind when Earth uh, our astronauts leave Mars, and he is the last one stranded, mm-hmm. um, and he must take care of himself. This looks like it's Apollo thirteen, right? But it, it, it is, but to it a mixed billion with, degrees, mixed with I am legend slash oblivion. Oh, the the one man love, left on the planet. Alone. I know. I love the whole like the analogy of of people coming together from afar, you know, to help one person. You know, kind of plays into the whole. When you think about sci-fi and stuff, this is something that that comes up a lot. And you know, even Spock, you know, the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the fewer, the one. You know, this kind of is you know that's a Spock thing, and it's logical. But this is the Elon. This is the human side of it, the logical side of it, where the a group of people are going to put up their lives to save one guy. I leave no man behind. I love that. Theory. Yeah, I just love that about this trailer. It looks uh, great. The thing about this trailer that I found curious, I'm curious was they just pretty much put the Interstellar crash. They just pretty much put the Interstellar I just felt like, is this like when they weren't filming Interstellar, they just said, hey, come over to this lot. We got a couple of <laughs> shots. We'll steal a shot or two. I don't know. Jessica Chastain wasn't in. Was she not the daughter? Who was the daughter? I don't know. Was it Jessica Chastain? I thought it was the daughter. You might yeah. have been. You might be right. Yeah, you fucker. It was. <laughs> Um, well, the Invisible Woman wasn't in, wasn't in. Well, neither was Red Belt, but I mean, we well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dumb and Dumber Two is in this fucking movie too. So, oh, God, all right. Uh, the program is the next one on today's show. This is the Lance Armstrong story, starring How Ben Foster and Chris O'Dowd. Can this movie be good? I think this looks excellent. This trailer. Oh no, the trailer looks fucking amazing. Can the movie be this good? <laughs> I I hope so because this is that's um, what I don't get about this. This trailer looks awesome. Ben Foster's fucking awesome. Chris O'Dowd looks great. W. Dustin Hoffman yeah. looks great. In this. I, the cast goes on and on, but 
I mean, Lee Pace is in this talking about Holt catch fire. Um, he's in this for a second. Yeah, I can't wait to see How this. How did they cut such a great trailer? I don't know because I thought I wasn't expecting much. This is directed by Stephen Fears, the guy who did The Queen. and Great director. Uh, yeah, he really is a great director, but mm-hmm. not something that I would put in kind of a sports, uh, modern sports tragedy uh, arena, but he seemed to have really killed it with this. And Chris O'Dowd, who I never really took to for whatever reason, I, I just don't, he kind of rubs me the wrong way. But mm-hmm. in this trailer, his persona and I his, like Chris O'Dowd. I, I guess his kind of ingrating nature works for an investigative reporter. The IT, reporter, the IT crowd, yeah. Um, yeah, he's also in Bridesmaids to a large degree for people. and um, A lot but, of movies, really. Um, but yeah. yeah, but this trailer looks fantastic. And Ben Foster, they've done something with uh, prosthetics. He on looks weird, nose, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, to make yeah. him look a little bit off. But um, he, along with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who uh, we'll talk about here in a second, um, are really coming into their own as terms of uh, you know, I've quality actors. I've liked Ben actors. Foster for so fucking long, and I'm just glad. He's always been an intriguing presence um, to I wish that, the, yeah, he would be in more stuff because he's – it's surprisingly good. He's intense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very intense presence on screen. Uh, so I can't wait to see that one. And The Walk we have, which is uh, based on a documentary that was done years ago of the guys in tightrope walked across the Twin Towers. In the you set. talked about uh, Eastwood. Is not Zemeckis kind of following in step with that? Uh, Zemeckis is doing... I mean, with Flight and then now The Walk. Isn't that kind of an Eastwood stride there a little bit? I think this has great commercial potential, though. Is why Zemeckis sure wants it looks to do great it. too. But my point is that it's very Eastwoody, is it not? I mean, no one's really making. Yeah, well, I guess that's not true because See, I think this is right in Zemeckis' wheelhouse, though. With he's got the human story, plus he can do the technical mm-hmm. dazzle. You know, the the 3D element of look at that can. Which I think comes that. off of really bad though with the Zemeckis stuff lately. I think that in this trailer, though, it works. looks good, though. And I saw this trailer in a theater in 3D, and it made my worried. stomach um, queasy. And I know how this tri- movie, you know, I know the true story, so <laughs> sure. I know how it ends. And uh, well, I still, I, yeah, everyone exactly. should know how hey, it ends. Big secret there, you know <laughs> what I mean? He makes it. Um, um, but uh, if you haven't seen it, see Man sure. on Wire, which is the documentary that preceded this film. And it's, I think that's streaming as well. That's a great, great documentary. Highly recommend that. But what did you think of this trailer? Are you are you with this or the comedic elements? I'm with it. That? I'm down. I think it looks great. But again, I don't know. Flight was so fucking. I thought was horrible. I didn't take. And the I'm I'm either. really worried that Zemeckis is gonna you know fuck up the the human aspect of this. I thought Flight was bad though because of that weird subplot they had with the the alcoholic lady he was living with the the rehabilitating lady and that whole the whole was thing was weird. That. It was directed narrative. poorly. You know him doing the jaw thing. It, the whole thing was was just felt it felt undirected really more than anything. I thought the best thing about Flight was uh, John Goodman, to be honest. See, yeah, John Goodman's always good though. All right, next we have the Man from Uncle. We talked about the teaser trailer a while back. <sighs> now we have feature trailer. I'm excited? How can might I like a Guy Ritchie movie? Uh, really, I think this looks fucking horrendous. Really, I think you're out of your fucking mind. I think this uh, looks better. First of all. Where the fuck are the James Bond movies that look like this at this point? You know, this looks uh, great. I'm I'm ready for it. The only looks more looks... James Bond than any of the other fucking Craig shit James Bond movies. Maybe it's because Henry Cavill still looks so much like Sterling Archer that I can't get it. <laughs> he but does. Like, it's I think ridiculous. it's great. But no, I love. Man. Oh, it's great. I, I'm I'm ready for Henry Cavill. Um, I really like Army Hammer, and I think he looks great in this. Um, I want to see it. I'm I'm ready for it. I, um, I can't believe that this is the Guy Ritchie movie that's going to convert you because this is the one that I'm staying away Guy from. Ritchie movie. This Guy Ritchie movie. fucking sucks. Not even I'm never going to have an argument about Guy Ritchie because he's a piece of shit and he directs like shit. So this reminds this me of good, the Avengers. It'll be, a, it'll be. Do you recall that the 1998 movie, uh-huh. The Avengers, not the superheroes, the Ralph Fiennes, Uma Thurman sure, one. Sure, the Sean, or not Sean Carter, based on the old um, uh, television show. What's his name? Was in it? Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. uh, and this has that kind of wacky fucking spy throwback thing. No, I disagree. It's not that silly as that one. No. And you just said you liked the the fucking Kingsman. Oh, but this is not good enough for you. No, this is, this is, this is too English. I think this this is way too English. I think this looks more James Bond than the past few James Bonds we've had. I don't know. I'm not feeling it. For whatever reason, I liked the teaser trailer better than this trailer trailer. This this full length feature trailer. Well, the teaser trailer was practically the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought the jokes here fell flat, and I thought the it, the villains were were nothing. I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't take to it. Okay. What about Rock the Casbah, which is uh, Barry Levinson's latest, starring Bill Murray, 
and Bruce Again, Willis. We just I know. think this looks good, but I'm sure you think it looks horrible. No, I actually don't mind this. It just reminded me of uh, Looking for Comedy in the Muslim World that Albert I Brooks loved, wrote. which I love. That's a good yeah. movie. It reminded me of that, though. The trailer, the whole the not, tone of it. This is far more dangerous of a movie than that. I well, mean, he's, he's more... That movie is very, you know, he's he's a Jew and he's kind of there and he's like, he doesn't really go out very much. Well, I mean, the this idea, movie is far more involved. This is like stripes compared to that. Yes. You know? yes. Um, but the idea that these they're taking it to like the religion and American cast, culture mismatch and that the cast is great in this. And um, yeah, the idea that Bill Murray and Danny McBride are going to ride around Afghanistan. I just I can't wait to see. Yeah, I really like Bill Murray in this. This feels like a Bill Murray movie and he hasn't really made very many Bill Murray movies in the past. You know, he's yeah. been doing a lot of, I don't know, artsy things, but not that this isn't necessarily artsy. It kind of is, but I don't know. It feels more on the comedy level than, than anything else. And he's got a few lines in here that are very Bill Murray lines. And that he kills. I mean, he nails yes. um, both of them. So, I mean, I, I when thought. he says I, right back at you, babe, I just thought, oh, Jesus yeah, that, that's, Christ. That's a Bill I mean, Murray that's Bill Murray. That's right fucking, is that, is that a Ghostbuster right there? You got a proton pack? What, what's going on there? Yeah, I, I mean, Bill Murray, to me, should always have a cocktail in his hand when he has a line like that. But <laughs> uh, Moving on, let's talk about A Deadly Adoption, which is the Lifetime film starring Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig. Now, let's, before we go into this 20-second trailer they're showing, <laughs> this movie was, was made on the secret that they're releasing. It's a comedy drama thriller. So <laughs> it's directed by a girl who, Rachel's... Rachel uh, Goldenberg. Who has worked with The Asylum. Well, I was going to tell you, I know, and that's, and that's what I was going to say about this, is that once the asylum uh, broke into Lifetime movies, it was just a matter of time. <laughs> right? They got Will fucking It was Bill. just a matter of time. Well, it's written by Andrew Steele, who wrote um, Costa de Mi Padre. Um, so Will Ferrell, and he's a writer for Saturday Night Live, so they have a, a rapport, obviously, <laughs> with the cast, but what the fuck is this thing? Well, it's about a couple who uh, they take in a pregnant woman and their hopes are that they're going to be able to adopt the kid when she gives birth and she's fucking crazy. And obviously Will Ferrell is just acting like Will Ferrell, which I don't understand. <laughs> Kristen Wiggy has a gun. And she, yeah. So, so you watch this and you think, Wow. Who? What were the real people like? This is based on a true story, apparently. What were the real people like? Because they obviously made no intentions. They had no care whatsoever to actually <laughs> recreate this in any way that's believable. Yeah, yeah. Nobody vetted the script here. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, I saw Beautiful and Twisted a while back with Rob Lowe and Paz Vega, and she. Uh, this was based on a true story, mm -hmm. and uh, that had kind of the same comedic over-the-top well, elements to it that this looks like it might have which a is a lifetime the asylum ones and they're really not bad so but this so is this, this is wildly different than the asylum movies which are very serious this almost doesn't look serious at all. this is like a spoof almost like a yeah. parody in a lot of ways so we'll we'll know more when this comes this is only a 28 second trailer we're talking about here but well, if you haven't seen it the yet, 20th so yeah it's coming out next week so um lifetime movies a deadly adoption will ferrell Kristen wig um that's it's Peculiar, but it is happening. They've made it a lifetime movie. It's not a rumor. It's out there. <laughs> it's bizarre. I wonder what this movie cost. Yeah. Oh, it cost fuck. nothing. They made this on outtakes, like they like, once like <laughs> oh, on off days from everything else. Right. He did this while he was doing his spring training run around. <laughs> bizarre. I mean, this whole thing. I can't believe they actually did this. I know. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like a very weird. Like, did they lose a bet to somebody? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that wraps up episode 273. We want to thank you all for joining us on this episode. We'll be back with you next week with an all-new episode. If you haven't done so, go to our back catalog and listen to any of our former episodes. And we got some retrospective. They have the True Lies ret retrospective and the Batman retrospective on there as well if you want specialty episodes. We want to thank you all for listening all around the world. We want to thank you for your emails. We'll continue to keep the show going. So like us on Facebook, iTunes, and anywhere else you're getting your podcast. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage!
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.